What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Up Before You podcast with me, Connor Warman. This episode of the Up Before You podcast is brought to you by Ticket Weirdo. With concert and game season just around the corner, the timing is perfect for those of you listening who want to plan your summer events. We've teamed up with Ticket Weirdo to make buying tickets this season super affordable. What's great about Ticket Weirdo is they are the only ticket site that doesn't charge you hidden service fees and also donates a portion of your purchase to charity. Check them out by simply going to TicketWeirdo.com and typing in code UBY at checkout to save an extra 10% off unlimited ticket purchases throughout the year. Once again, that's UBY at checkout to save an extra 10% off your ticket purchases and to keep it weird this summer. Now guys, if you have a moment, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave a 5-star rating and a review. It only takes a second and is a great way to support the show, and the feedback means a lot to me. If you like this episode of the podcast, please share with family and friends and share via social media and make sure to tag Up Before You. And lastly, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook and visit upbeforeyou.com to keep up to date with all the latest episodes, news, and updates surrounding the show. Okay, my guest today is Jeff Adler. Jeff is a CrossFit Games athlete from Canada who made his first CrossFit Games appearance in 2019 where he placed 33rd overall. On this episode of the podcast, we talk about how his training has been affected by the global pandemic, what the 2020 Games could potentially look like, his competitive mentality, his first and last appearance at regionals before they got cut. We then talk about some of his experiences at sanctionals, his experience at the 2019 Games, goals for the future, and more. I truly hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And now, with all that being said, let's get on with the show. All right, so Jeff, I just wanted to ask you quick how quarantine and kind of like um, this whole pandemic has affected your daily life and your training. Uh, so tra- uh, a typical training day was uh, I used to coach. So when gyms were open back in the day, back in, yeah. already. Um <laughs> So I used to coach uh, a little bit in the morning and then a little bit uh, uh, at night. Um, and I would train like during the day. So I would train like basically from 8 to 10.30-ish in the morning and then would train again from 3 to 5. Um, right now, because of the gyms, like gyms are closed, but I'm still owner of uh, CrossFit Wonderland. So I have access to my own gym, which is great. And yeah. I'm very lucky and happy to have that access. So the only thing that changed is like uh, the times that I train. So uh, I, I still like to do two sessions a day. So I usually like start here at, at home. Like I brought some stuff home. Um, usually start with some cardio in the morning, go to the gym, do some strength stuff, come back, uh, have a nap, eat some stuff, and then go back later in the day, which is never the same time. So I can go like at four or I could go at two. I can go basically any time that I want. So not much has changed other than that. Uh, honestly, like motivation is down. Um, Cause yeah, the whole quarantine thing, like uh, I used to have a training partner and he left for, uh, for France. He went back home. So I'm now basically like alone, like alone, alone. So it's a little bit hard, but uh, I managed through it. Like training is training and everything I do is, for one precise goal so uh, for now it's kind of fine now from being one of those athletes who like is invited to the games as of now if the games happen 
being one of those athletes that's from another country, how do you see that? Do you see the games happening? Do you see yourself being able to get there? What's the outlook right now? Yeah, so I find I find the games this year would be awesome because 30, maybe 40 guys, 40 women is like very CrossFit games like like 100 like national champion is fine, but it's still like 150 competitors and then you have to cut down to a field now because it's less there probably won't be any cuts so that like way of doing the games for me is more valuable than last year now am i going to be able to go i don't know like for now the border for the u.s and uh, canada u.s is closed until the 21st of may and there's uh, speculations that it's going to stay closed for a while so is it going to be open like end of july I, I kind of doubt it. Um, and then, but yeah, if, if I can go, if we can travel, cause it's in uh, California. So I'd have to take the plane. Yeah. Like flights, we need borders open. Like there's, uh, it, are, are we going to have to be there two weeks in advance to quarantine ourselves before the games? Like that might be something we have to do. Like there's many things that can make it not happen. But I think if it does, it would be really cool. Now, I think it's really cool that's going to happen. The only thing I think kind of sucks is like those athletes who qu- thought they qualified through a sanctional because they were like fifth or sixth and like it got backlogged all the way to them. I just think that yeah. part that part kind of sucks about it. I, I think there's worse than that. Like, uh, for example, I was I was uh, talked a little bit to Willy Georges. Willy Georges got 30th in the Open. He's national champion in France. He's been going to the games for like a few years, two two years, yeah. and he's good. Like he's very good, and now he's not qualified. Yeah. Like how that that's hard. Like that's hard, and even worse than that. Like right now, the cut line is like at twenty two, and the twenty the twenty third is uh, Alexandre Caron, one of my fellow Canadians. Yeah, like he's one spot out, like two points out. Two points is what maybe two seconds in a workout like the cut line hurts but yes like the games they had to cut somewhere yeah i mean you, you have to I, I i was lucky enough to be in the top five so I, basically i have 100 percent chances to go whatever happens but yeah i i think the cut line will go lower if they if uh, if it's possible to have a little bit more people gathering together uh, they're going to bring the cut down lower, but it's still very uncertain for now. It's going to be so interesting if it happens. Cause who knows, like who's going to be ready? Like, is anyone going to be a hundred percent? Like, is anyone going to really be in the best shape of the year? I think so. Yes. You, you like, you, the, yeah. 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 Like the top guys, uh, they all have access to a gym. If they don't have a gym per se, they have everything they need at at, at home. Like, Matt Fraser can train everything in his garage gym and he probably has access to one of Rich's gyms somewhere. Like there, there's for sure a way to do it. Pat, the same, like, I think he has a, a, some kind of access to his gym, solid ground. He has some stuff at home. Like there's, there's always a way to do it. Some I've like some uh, guys here in Canada, I know they don't have access to a gym at all. Uh, but they still manage to do some stuff at home. And quite frankly, like workouts at home are hard. Like it's not easier. 
the dumbbell it's it's lighter maybe but you just do a lot more reps it's it's different but uh i think everybody's going to be in a good shape anyway yeah it'll be cool to see hopefully they can make something happen it would be exciting yeah. all right so jeff can we pivot a little bit here and can you tell me about yourself growing up uh like where you grew up some sports you played stuff like that yeah so i don't have a huge background uh i'm uh i'm from uh, canada i'm from drummondville so it's uh an hour and a half away from Montreal. Uh, grew up uh, doing all kinds of sports. Like I used to play football, hockey. Like for sure, I played hockey like many times a week. Outside with some friends inside. Uh, but I've never been part of like a team. I've never played for uh, like competitive hockey or competitive soccer. I always played for fun. Um, I was in sports in high school. Uh but like nothing serious. So um, I wish I would, but I mean, especially playing hockey, like it's a, it's an expensive sport and you need to, you, like you need your parents to be behind you a hundred percent. And it wasn't something that was going to happen with uh, on my side. So I just played like three, four times a week. And uh, that's pretty much it. Started CrossFit in 2015 around like the open time. A few months before the open, uh, started for fun. Someone I knew uh, told me, "I, you would like to, like, come try. That's it's fun," and uh, tried it out once, twice, three times a week up until five, six, seven, and then started. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So even though you didn't, you said you didn't really play like organized team sports per se. Were you still like a competitive person growing up, and did you still enjoy playing sports? Uh, yeah, yeah. I w always wanted to be as the best I could, um, but like for not being in a competitive sport, like you're not trained. Like, let's say I would have played hockey, I would have trained for for hockey. I would have have two, three matches a week. Like, it's all training and it's volume that you accumulate throughout the years that I didn't have. So even like when I was 17, I used to play hockey with. Uh, guys that were a little bit older than me, they they would be better because they just played more and for a longer period of time. But yeah, I always wanted to be the best if I could. I was always good at sports, but never the best best. So this has been like CrossFit is the first sport I actually put pretty much all my time and effort into. So it's fun to see where like where it's gonna go. So do you think like that? lack of like wear and tear from like a career in hockey or something like a career in a sport has helped you or hurt you in CrossFit? Uh, I think it, it's neither. Cause uh, it's the only thing I'm missing is competitive experience. Uh -huh. Like I haven't had that uh, nervousness before a hockey match or like the training for something specific or I, like I didn't do that for many years which some competitors right now in CrossFit they have like a huge gymnastics background like they know they have been competing for many years before CrossFit so they come in with some experience competing that's what I don't have and it shows when I'm in, in competition like I did great at the open great that's fun but then I have to do the same in competition and I don't have that experience that know how to do it like on the spot um but i guess it's gonna come with years so and then so you get into crossfit and what kind of made you kind of i guess fall in love with the sport and want to keep going and get competitive 
uh i got pretty good pretty quick yeah. so <laughs> okay first first year like 2015 I, i didn't do the open i did my first open was 2016 and i finished i think 136th in my region the um, uh, east region and i was like wow that's like not so bad with only like a year and something crossfit so i like pushed a little bit more the next year um and aiming i was aiming for regionals and got 30th at uh, the 2017 open in the region which was 10 spots out and i think from there like in between 2016 and 17 i was like i want to go to regionals that was the first like major goal i want to go to regionals and then from that moment i just tried and pushed a little bit harder to get to, to get to that goal didn't make it in 2017 but i did in uh, 2018 um so it took like two years a little bit over two years to get that goal And can you take me through what that kind of felt like for you and then what that weekend was like at regionals for the first time? Um, so and the last that, time, I guess. Yeah, the, the my last. One, yeah. one and only time at regionals. <laughs> and that sucks a bit because like not knowing that regionals were going to be canceled, I went in the, in, into regionals that first year. I was like, the goal, like my personal goal was going to regionals. And I achieved that by qualifying. Now, I didn't have any goals for regionals. So I was like, this year is all about competing, having fun, and have no expectations. And just go with the flow, do the workouts, do the best you can, and see what happens. And the next year, 2019, was supposed to be like, okay, I can make it to regionals now. Let's see what I can do at regionals. So I just had fun at regionals. And uh, I wish I could have had a different mindset for this week, like, because it was the last one, like I didn't know it would be the last one. Because if I would have, like I would have tried and do better, I guess, um, if I could, I think I could have, but yeah. yeah. Who who was in your region? That's like the, what, uh, what region were you in? Uh, East Regional. So uh, Vellner that year qualified was Vellner, I think Tim Paulson, Mark One Jones was there, Alex Caron, and I'm missing one. It is the first year that Fraser wasn't there because uh, Fraser used to be in the East region. Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't compete against him there. Well, it wouldn't make no difference uh, <laughs> at all. But yeah, many of like, it, we're a few guys here in Montreal, like in the Montreal, Quebec area that went to regional that year, I think four or five. So It was fun competing against them and I'm still competing against them in sanctionals this year. And it's good to see like where we're at and uh, where I'm at against them. because they were a little bit better than me in 2018. And now I seem to have catched up a little bit. And uh, I imagine after 2018, you were pretty fired up coming off that first regional. What was like, what were, what were you thinking for 2019? Were you thinking that was the year like to make the games or what was going through your head? Uh, yeah, so that was the plan, actually. After regionals, we said, like, okay, let's work towards, like, a top five finish for the next regional. And then I think, like, if a month or two after, they just said, well, regionals is canceled. <laughs> And now if you want to qualify to the games, you have to get top 20 worldwide in the Open. I was like, oh, well, there goes my chances. Uh, what do we do? <laughs> so we just kept training hard. And... Um, just to see where where I would end up and I think like the the goal was to do some sanctionals that year in 2019 I did Dubai and uh, Waterpalooza 
So that felt a little bit like regionals, not the same, but uh, looked like it. Uh, that was a that was fun, like to be able to qualify for these events. And then in March that year, it was the Open, and uh, really I had no expectations. I was like, I'll do the best I can and see what happens. But uh, like top twenty worldwide, I think twenty. 2018 uh, worldwide, I finished somewhere around the hundred place. So I was like 80 spots. At, like it, in the top hundred, 80 spots is a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's the hardest 80 spots to gain. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure. So, um, but yeah, had no really no expectation. Had a good surprise though to qualify to the games. Uh, for the first year with the changes would i like if let's say regionals were not canceled in 2018 and still happened in 2019 would i qualify would have i qualified for the games we don't know and we'll never know but through the open it was something possible to do so yep i'm pretty good at the open thing i guess <laughs> yeah so you mentioned Wadapalooza and Dubai, which are two really cool sanctionals. What's yeah. it been like for you to be able to travel to some of those places and compete at some of those events, which have just, uh, yeah, which have just gotten bigger and bigger and better every year. So Dubai is definitely like the most fun one. Um, the first year I went there, I was like competing against people from the games, like people that I, 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 I was like admiring like I was these guys went to the games one, two, three, four times, and now I'm right beside them for a full weekend. Let's see what happens. And um, it was fun. Like traveling is fun. Uh, doing it for a sanctional is great. It's actually fun to go to a sanctional and then stay there for a bit and enjoy where you are, wherever you you travel to. Um, Dubai is a, a special place to be. It's not the best to like, let's say, take vacations, but uh, it's still like very fun to move around and watch. Like, it's very special. Um, and then Miami, my mom and dad, they live in Orlando, so okay. I went to see them before, trained a little bit um, at a gym in Orlando, and then went down to Miami. Had a great weekend. Like when we went to to Waterpalooza, it was more like vacation than competing is a little bit different um i did not have a good uh sanctional uh, in miami at all at all it in didn't go well 2019 uh 2019 yes uh january 2019 while we're on this whole um sanctional thing has there been any like what are some of those big moments that have stuck out to you like some of your favorite sanctional moments so far favorite, uh favorite sanctional moments um uh dubai is uh is where i pr my lifts okay for some reason yeah. so first year 2018 was yeah december 2018 uh i pr'd my snatch uh to 79 to 80 which was great felt mm -hmm. great was super fun um the experience like it was my first sank like my first competitive situations since the regionals so yeah that particular sanctional was special for me um that was a great moment at waterpalooza uh, there was no there was no great moments uh to be honest no. i did not i did not enjoy that 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 sanctional for many reasons but 
um, it was it didn't go well at all. Uh, the the set like the setup Waterpalooza Festival is yeah. it's incredible. It's awesome. Like the lighting, the like the vibe, the people, Miami. Like it's wow. But the competitive side is uh, is not as good. Um, what what do you mean I, by that? Uh, there's like I didn't go I didn't go back to Waterpalooza because because of that weekend. I don't know if it changed much, but there's too many athletes, too many divisions, too many workouts, and like it's it's the the days are too long. So the judging is like once you get like to the individuals, which are mid afternoon to late afternoon to even nights, uh, the judges are smoked like they, they they just judge like for 12 hours straight and um i got mixed up like a judge he judged me for another division's workout so i i was no rep for rope climbs which were fine uh so i did like three times the work and that workout <laughs> did yeah. not get adjusted like I, yeah. I i i tried to have my score adjusted did not work uh the next day, the judge couldn't count the double unders at all. It was it just didn't go well. Nothing went well, and um, I didn't. I mean, in any bad situation, you have to take the positive, like the positive side. I think it helped me like grow as an athlete, but it wasn't enjoyable at all. That's so, that's the only thing I remember about that, which is sad because <laughs> still like it's a nice competition. It's just for me that weekend was not nice. So it's funny you say that from a competitive side because I've actually been down there the past three years because I've always had someone to watch or you know spectate and cheer on. And from a spectator perspective, it's like the greatest. It's like the greatest awesome. place ever. Yeah, it's but I awesome. could I could see how like you know you got like the intermediate RX elite teams. You got the beginner yeah. or whatever that is, and like it just and they're all different workouts. Masters, like, yeah, teams of three men, women scale intermediate rx elite like it's there's too much stuff and that's what i like about smaller competitions like dubai or mayhem mayhem was oh my god mayhem was so good because there's only like 40 guys 40 women and 10 teams and at mayhem there were no teams it was 35 guys and 35 women that's it easy to judge schedule is on time uh everybody has the same workout like it's it's simple and it's that's for a com like for a competitor on the competitive side it's awesome and even on the spectator side it's still cool to like you you follow the the days are a little bit uh shorter yeah they're not as long like it's not from uh, 6 a.m to 7 p.m it's like uh, mid-morning to end of the afternoon and that's it so i prefer those smaller uh, sanctionals and then 2019 how did you get to the games how did you qualify qualified through the open so i finished in 2019 26th uh worldwide so i did not do the top 20 but with all the uh, national champs the line went down to like i think 29 or 30 so i did qualify through the open um i think i finished like fifth in canada which was kind of far away from national champ uh yeah that's how I qualified and didn't you say after 2018 and the new cuts or the new changes you thought no way you're gonna make it through the open the last yeah. year 
Yeah, and finally did make it. I don't know how and why, but uh, I mean, the, I think what helped is that because in 2018, the 2017 and 18, the goal was to qualify to regionals, the programming was meant to perform in the open. And I think it just overlapped in 2019. So I still like was preparing for the open and not like for a sanctional, let's say, or the regionals or the games. So I think that's why like I did perform well in the open. Um, Cause yes, tra training for the open and training for a sanctional or for the games is very different. So if, if you train for the open and you get ready for that, you're probably, you have a good chance of uh, performing very well. And I yeah. think that's what happened for me. So 2019 was like the, the 2018 to 19 was still like programming was still the same as 2018, which was focused a little bit more on the open. So. Now, do you think that happens a lot where athletes programming is more geared toward an open type training? So then when you get to the games, you're kind of still training in an open kind of mindset or an open way. So you don't do as well, but you're really a lot fitter than you're showing. Do you think that happens a lot with athletes? Um, for I think for guys like that finish top 10, top 15 in the open worldwide, like me, uh, I don't have particular names in mind, but like I was like, now I'm, I'm one of these guys. The thing is, it's 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 easier to perform in the gym because you're at home and you're in your own stuff. You get like you get ready for what you're about to do, and like you have your own protocols and you just follow all that, and everything goes well. You can also do the workout twice, which helps a lot. Once you get to like the floor, the real where it's the real deal, you have one chance. This is your only chance, and you're beside pretty damn fit people, and you have to. You have to perform perform now and warm up is not in your gym. It's not the same. It's very hard to warm up. Everybody's nervous. Uh, you're just looking at everybody. And that setup, I think, is just so different than that's. I think for me, that's why I perform a little bit less in competition. Um, it's just like where you are that changes so much. Um, and I, I guess that's where athletes that have more experience in competitions crossfit or not do a little bit better like you're if you're used to being nervous used to uh, competing in in somewhere else than your gym or your home like it's it gets easier i guess with time to have your own little protocols in competition and then performing better now going into the games in 2019 what was your goal initially same as regionals 2018 it was like <laughs> enjoy this might be the only one yeah. just do your best and enjoy the cuts the 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 goal from i had one goal i wanted to do top 40 because for me the games is 40 men yeah so if you get like cut after before 40 then you like didn't make it uh, the games let's say it's it's not that not at all but um so yeah for me the goal was to be in the top 40 after three workouts i was i think in 14th place and i had like a little voice inside me say like oh well maybe you can do a top 20 now <laughs> and uh then workout four just cut my legs and i got cut <laughs> after the fourth event what? which sucked but well, uh 
What was that workout? The workout with the sled. It was 170 feet sled, 18 muscle ups, 170 feet sled, like a four minute, five minute time cap. The guys would do the workout in like a minute 27. Like the guy that won was like a minute 30. And I'm not a sprinter no. at all. Not at all. So I went in, I was like, this is damage control. You just got to make the cut. And I didn't. <laughs> I think I finished like on 40, I finished like 39th. It was bad. It was really bad. Now, were you one of those guys who was saying his sled got caught in the turf or? Uh, no, because I, I, this, this is, uh, <laughs> no, like maybe the some lanes were stickier than others whatever but it, I, I don't think it's a reason to do poorly like uh just work harder i just had to push harder on that yeah. sled like that's the only thing i had to do is go faster even if it's stick like could i put my hand a little bit lower a little bit higher i didn't have a sled uh at the gym and right after the event i went to rogue and i bought one so right, i've been right doing to the tent uh, there, <laughs> right, right there. I said, I need one of those because if it comes back, I'm not finishing last again. Uh, it's still hard. It still sucks, and I don't enjoy doing sled. But I think next time I'll be a little bit better. That's yeah. good. I just picture so, you at night, that night, just on that turf, just pushing, just training yeah, on the sled. Let's do that workout 15 times yeah. in a row just to penalize me. But no, I, I don't think like it's, I think for some people, it's a little bit an excuse that the lane thing, like, yes, maybe it was a little bit stickier and no, it's not going to be perfect. Fine. But just move on. You, you can't like, we're six months later and we're still talking about it. Like it's, it's a workout. That's yeah. it. So then after that, so you get cut and did that kind of fire you up for the next year? Like, uh, yeah, so we we have like now the games have changed again, so we don't know what's going to happen. But with a setup with cuts, at some point, unless you do a top ten, you are going to be cut. So it's it's easy to prepare. I was trying to prepare myself being cut. Like at some point, you're going to stop competing before the weekend ends, and that's fine. Now let's get cut lower than top 40 like let's go top 30 top 20 i think this year the goal for the games would have been to get into that top 20 but probably get cut to the uh, when they cut to 10 so i mean at some point you're probably going to get cut unless you aim for the podium which is not my goal it's my coach's goal but <laughs> it's not mine like not yet but uh, i mean you have to get ready for the cuts now with 30 which and that's one of the reasons I find this year to be different and cool is there might not be cuts. And if there's no cuts, that means I can do the whole weekend and I can actually show how good I can be throughout a full weekend. Because I was cut right before Mary. Uh, I would have done pretty good on Mary, probably survived the next cut. And the next workout after Mary was the heavy clean. Yeah. And I would have been pretty damn good on the heavy clean. So who knows like where I could have been after those two workouts. Like you don't know. We'll never know. Would you have been up there with Matt and Scott at the end? Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. I would have awesome. tried. Yeah. I would have tried. They, they ended up at what? 
385? I think so. I could have gotten there. 405 sure. maybe? No, no, no. Not in the fours. <laughs> Still in the threes, but very, very high threes. That, if someone would have pulled like 400, or that would have been amazing. Uh, being a CrossFitter and cleaning 400 pounds, uh, it's rare. Yeah. There's not many that can do that. Okay, so then fast forward to the 2020 Open. Was yep. that was your plan to qualify right away through the Open, get it over with, yep. and get on with the season? Yep. That was the goal. I wanted to – because the Open moved in October, I was like, let's just do that now, get rid of the uh, nervousness, enjoy the sanctionals, and qualify right away. Now, the objective was to qualify, so the point was just be above that blue line. I do not care where you are. Because the point is to qualify. And for me, the open doesn't count in in a way because it's not there that you prove how good you are. It's at the games. But you do have to qualify. So the point was like get above that blue line as fast as you can in the first two weeks and then stay there as long. Like even even one spot over the blue line, you're still qualified. So it doesn't matter where you are in that top uh, 25 to 30. Um, but yeah, the workouts every week, the workouts came out and I was like, Whoa, this is a good workout. Okay, (laughs) let's do it. And, uh, yeah, it was a great open. Every workout was for me fun. And, uh, I, I did actually enjoy the open, uh, this year. Yeah. I feel like that's the way to do it is to go all in on the open, qualify through the open and then use these sanctionals as a way to compete and kind of see where you're at and kind of tune yourself up for the games. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, it's a good way to earn experience. It's a good way to earn some money throughout throughout the the year. So yes, a sanctional is fun going to sanctional and and not being qualified. I, uh, I think that would be stressful for me because, uh, you, you have to be like, you have to be in the top three to five in the sanctional which for me right now is hard to do. It depends where you go. Like for now, I've been to pretty big sanctionals with like very, very good competitors. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I wouldn't qualify through the Open, I, I'm not sure what I would do. Like, would I go to Dubai? Probably, but I would have a plan B, like uh, to be able to qualify for the games. In that Open, 20.4, you won. Yeah. What, what about that workout? Just clean and jerk you're just able to cruise through that weight or what, what was it about that work because you smoked everyone in that workout um i think it's a combination i never the way the way my program works is uh there's no i don't do percentage work so and i think that's a big that 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 did i'm i'm also strong and love clean and jerks yes but the way my coach program is not like you're gonna do five by five squat cleans at 73% and then 76 and then 80. No, she's, she just writes a workout and it's like, you're going to do 10 minute AMRAP clean and jerks at 315 because you have to be good at 315 and you have to be good at 275 and you have to be good at 225. And instead of working percentage, I work weights. And I think that's one reason that 315, even under fatigue, I can do one every 20 seconds any like in any situation i can power clean and push jerk i can squat it i can do whatever so i think that's one reason and then 
box jumps and pistols, like the pistol squats. I'm a good squatter. Yeah. Uh, doesn't spike my heart rate. Uh, yes, my legs feel like jello, but it doesn't change much that, uh, from training. Like I usually train a few hours and then do my AMRAP 10 minutes of clean and jerks at 3.15. So it doesn't change much. That's really interesting. Who's your coach? Uh, Caroline Lambré. She's uh, my coach. Uh, she's my business partner and also my girlfriend. Oh, I knew that was coming when I saw yeah. you start to smile. <laughs> so yeah, she uh, she enjoys uh, she enjoys programming for me and making me hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so then, yeah, what was what, like you? So you get fifth overall worldwide in the Open, and you won Canada. What was it like to win Canada? Uh, that was uh, it's fun. It's actually fun. What sucks about this Open is. Uh, I was second and then got penalized on 20.5. Um, is it fair? Is it not? I don't care anymore, but uh, I wish I could have stayed second because I was two points behind Pat Vellner. <laughs> uh, and I, I wish I could have beat him. Like, uh, I, think, I think going back, I would try and win that Open. I think I could. Um, but yeah, I mean, winning Canada, it's, it's the same. Like for me, qualifying is qualifying. Either you qualify through uh, winning your country or being above that blue line. You got your spot to the games. That's what's most important. Uh, but yeah, winning Canada, I mean, it's actually, it's, it's kind of fun. Like national champ from somewhere that uh, you have in the same country, Fikowski and Vellner is quite something to do. So I'm, I was happy to, to win. Now, having watched your career and kind of like where you've come from and kind of where you are now and just everything, you're still like all the other factors, like you're kind of just entering your prime now. I see you as one of like the up and coming guys in the sport. Do are a lot of people telling you that? And if they are, how do you deal with that kind of hype and that kind of pressure? Uh, many. I've heard that a few times and it's cool to know that people seem to find that I'm good enough to be in the top. Um, the only thing for me is I have to deliver now. So if the expectation is there, then I have to be here. Like I have to be better than what's expected of me. And that's not an easy task to do. Um, many guys out there are super good. And every time I do a workout, like I imagine someone else doing it and beating me and like, I should have gone faster there. I should have done this. Like, uh, what can I do to be better at this? I have weaknesses and I work so much on them that I, I almost burn out of, like, I know I'm not good at high reps gymnastics and I do it every day. And sometimes I come back home and I'm like, I can't like lift my arms anymore because I've worked on it so hard. And let's see if it's, if it pays off at some point. Like th I think this year, like because of the changes, uh, Yes, I'm. If the games happen, like I'm gonna do my best and try to, uh, like meet that expectation. Yeah. But then in the upcoming years, who knows what's gonna happen? Who knows who's gonna be at the games? Because the problem is that not everybody's gonna be there this year, and to be better, you have to beat everybody that's good. Like if someone's missing, then you can't know for sure that you've been better. So. I don't know if it makes sense, but um, yeah, that's what I, that's, that's how I feel about that. But 
like for sure i'm not slowing down yeah i'm gonna work the hardest i can on many like i'm doing more gymnastics i don't have to do weightlifting that much and i don't i do work a lot on my gymnastics and we'll see if it pays off and like does that pressure ever weigh on you mentally are you more like like matt fraser who's kind of like like you oh you think i'm the best like you haven't seen anything yet like i'm just gonna keep getting better and use this as fuel uh no not at that level yet no. <laughs> getting there yeah you have like to be like matt you have to be as good as matt and that's one in a million maybe um i'm i'm not the kind of person that's gonna say like oh like watch me in the open i'm gonna beat you because if yeah. i don't then i look like an ass like i don't i i, I I'd rather say like, I'm going to do my best. And if I beat you, I do. If uh, I don't, I don't. And then if I do, then I can tell you that I beat you. That's fine. Cause I did, but I actually did it. Um, saying that you do is not doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's different. Okay. Now I know this is a long way away, but when you're done competing and you're looking back on your CrossFit career, what, if anything needs to happen for you to look back on it and have no regrets? Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, like for now, I, I, I feel like I'm starting my career actually. Cause I, like, it's, it's just starting to get fun because I can actually do sanctionals and be good at them. Pretty good at them. <laughs> so, uh, coming back, like if, if I want to do a sanctional, I'll do it. Like if, if I don't go because of whatever, like, I didn't because I didn't qualify or I couldn't go. Like, I just don't want to regret any places I wanted to go. And I haven't done all the sanctionals that I want to do uh, as of now. So uh, for sure that I think like for me, sanctionals are going to be something that that's very important. To, like I want to go to London and do the strength and depth one. I want to do uh, the Norwegian one. I want to go to Iceland. Like these are the sanctionals I want to do. So I'll try and do them all at least once. And then if my career ends at 30 and I'm done, then that's what I don't want to regret. Like, could I, could I possibly have done another place or another sanctional? Cause once you stop competing, like it, there's no way you can keep up. Not, not, not in this era. Like if, if you stop training four or five hours a day, you're just going to go down the leaderboard and, disappear sometimes so so you don't ever think in a, in terms of if i don't win the games or if i don't win this or i don't win that you're gonna regret it for some reason the games don't appeal to me as much as sanctionals okay and i think that's because of the cuts um like i did i didn't i i feel like i didn't work out at the games last year i did four workouts and then was a spectator like i wasn't even sore from the games so I don't feel like I've done the whole thing. Now, if, if it's possible for me to do a top 10 and never get cut, then yeah, that could be like a, a good, a good uh, target to hit. But I don't feel like I would regret not doing it. Uh, I'd rather like go to sanctionals. Like I, I podium in, in mayhem. It was my first uh, CrossFit podium and I, I, I love being on, on that podium and I wish I could do like, I, I want to be on that first step at some point somewhere. 
is it a, the games then great? Is it a, a sanctional then? No, I'm definitely more in agreement with you. I think as the years go by, the, the games is going to kind of take a back seat and the sanctionals are really going to step up and be what people want to go to. Because now you're starting to yeah. see like almost super sanctionals like Wadapalooza is stacked. Dubai is always stacked. Like there's these kind of super sanctionals that are in like the money is getting more and more and they're getting bigger events. So I think you're going to start to see that more sanctionals yeah. stepping up. Yeah, for sure. Like Dubai this year, like now they canceled the the 2020 uh, Dubai championship, but the the money prize was a hundred thousand dollars for the winner and the workouts were first place 10,000 second place five and then three i think like for the, each workout yeah for the workouts that's like, amazing it's it's a, like you can go there and do your whole year in one weekend and then just compete like you like uh you can you can actually take the the dubai crossfit championships as the games per se and do your money there if you have if you have to uh, but yeah, I feel like the games are gonna lose a little bit of their lust of its lust, uh, unless it's after like the Reebok contract and the Madison contract. If something changes radically, maybe it will step back up. Um, I I think like because this year it's it changed because of COVID, that it might bring back like that flame of having only forty and doing like no cuts uh, might come back i don't know we'll see uh, that's if everything happens but it might just bring back that little fire that uh, the games lost last year now if crossfit was never a thing and was never invented what do you think you'd be doing right now oh i'd be playing hockey oh really oh yeah, oh, yeah. for sure for sure like, uh, as much as i can like playing hockey for fun or oh that would that i don't know um if i i wish i could go back in time and put as much time in hockey as i did in crossfit and see where where i could end up um but probably i'd be playing for fun yeah i'd uh i'd probably be working construction and playing hockey every weekend that'd probably be my life right now but uh, i'm really happy that crossfit has been invented because it's a pretty fun sport and the life that i have right now is pretty good so i'm happy with that so that seems like it's spoken like a true canadian yeah hockey well jeff thanks a lot for joining me today um where can people find you and learn more about you uh i don't have facebook so <laughs> no, instagram think, yeah, nobody really does anymore i don't think yeah well <laughs> i i've actually never had one so oh wow uh, yeah uh, i don't know i've tried it i have an account i've opened it i think a few months ago but i just let go it's uh i don't like it so instagram uh adler jeff that's the easiest place and thank you everyone for listening and i hope you enjoyed episode 125 of this show we'll see you next time on the up before you podcast thank you everybody for listening and i hope you have a great day